with all my friends. Come along with me, see how the story ends. What's up, you hippies? Welcome back to another episode of Professional Hippies. We're your hippies. I'm Colton, this is Dylan, and today we have a very special guest for you. Someone that has been a professional mentor of mine, a personal mentor of mine, and uh, is an incredible human being all around. Hey, do you think you could learn something from someone that has mentored thousands, has been um, personally responsible for near or over $100 million in products and services sold? Um, but most importantly, and I can say this with a lot of personal conviction, um, has changed the world by changing the world around them. And so today we have none other than Dean DeVries as our guest. Dean, how you doing? I'm great, man. Thanks so much for that intro. That's, uh, yeah. I didn't know what you were going to say, but uh, I feel like I have some big shoes to, to fill now that, now that you promoted me that way. But well, uh, I really appreciate it, man. That's, there's uh, a lot of things I could say, so I want to keep it tight because I think uh, you know, there's, there's so much depth. Like That's one of the things I love about when we have conversations. Sometimes you will make them unnecessarily deep and that reflects back in me hey maybe i'm a shallow human being and i have a thing to learn or two but i wanted to bring you on and uh just kind of like share i just love the way you look at the world you know i wanted to share that with our audience and kind of get your perspectives on um kind of maybe hey what you're going through right now uh that i think that'd be kind of one of our first jumping off points but um kind of where you've been because we come, have a similar background the Cutco world, right? I think uh, we have a lot of synchronicities and, and groups and passive cross there and, um, and, and other businesses and, and joint ventures that we've done together. But I really want to kind of give you a bit of a platform here to inspire others and, and speak truth into them. Because out of everyone I know, you do such a beautiful job of navigating very uncomfortable, like we were talking about on the phone earlier, you know, navigating sticky and uncomfortable uh, conversations in a way that uh, is just like a duck on water. You know, you, you make it look graceful. And we've had conversations behind the curtain where I'm like, you you make it look one way, right? Which I think is incredible. But internally, you experience a full range and spectrum of emotions, just like anyone else. And so watching your development and as a, as a human being and, and the close proximity that I have to you is been like one of the most beautiful experiences of my life because I get to glean the benefits of of your growth journey. So um, maybe that's an extended intro as well there, right? But um, yeah, man. So how you doing? And and what's going on with you right now in this time in your life? Yeah, wow, man. Uh, that was a lot to take in. So uh, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I you know just just one thing I I wanted to. Um, kind of double click on is like, you know, maybe, maybe it's something to expound on, like just how I see the the world. And, you know, right now I'm experiencing, um, experiencing a lot of richness, which feels to parts of me, like very challenging, very emotional. Um, and to other parts of me is a huge expansion. And so that's kind of like the paradox of life, you know, where there's like, in in the uh in the storm there's calm and in the calm there's a storm it's like the whole like yin and yang thing and um and i just i'm fascinated by that 
I'm fascinated by the human experience that we, you know, all have a different perspective and just kind of like have, we're having our own experience, even if we're experiencing on the surface, the same thing, we'll actually have, you know, totally different perspectives because of our own unique lens. And so I've always been just really fascinated by other human beings in that way, but it's also helped me to really just like get clear on what's my lens, you know, what am I, how am I looking at this? And when I can kind of be the observer of my thoughts, be the observer of my lens, there's like a few more lenses that start to develop and start to, um, I start to have access to and, uh, you know, big thing, you know, all, all things that we know about like meditation and having some introspection practices, whether it be journaling or, um, you know, meditation could be one of them as well. Um, you know, dancing, listening to music. So those are all things that I, I just, I get so much joy out of because it, um, it opens up my awareness. And I think if there's anything that I'm like really passionate about, um, it, it is about like just seeking what's possible. Uh, cause there's so much possibility being a human on this earth and being, uh, being in a universe where there's constant creation, constant unfolding of just, you know, some, some crazy shit, you know, if you look at it through, through one lens, but it's also like, wow, you know, that's fascinating that like, you can't make this shit up, <laughs> you know, like having those types of moments. So I, I've, I'm just a student of that, you know, and I'm, I'm learning every single day. And um, I'm also humbled by the journey of learning every single day, because the more I learn, the more I realize, I don't know shit, you know, and uh, uh, I just I feel like a baby on on this journey. And, uh, you know, just just trying to find my footing. And, um, and I think that humility keeps me curious. Uh, and so that's, that's what I love most is like the, the currency of, um, the currency of, of the human experience that gives me richness is curiosity. And so I try to have as much of that as possible. Yeah. It's tough though, sometimes to be curious when there's kind of external pressures that want to force us inward but in a place where i think from the frame you're kind of describing from is like the way i receive that is a fun curiosity right and sometimes life isn't fun sometimes life is really challenging and you know uh, as i should have included in your intro you know you're your amazing husband and a father and you, you have forces pulling on you right business and and your own hobbies and, and um, marital demands and, and being so when when that starts to break down, what do you do when you feel like, hey, I'm not turning to curiosity in a way where it's kind of peeling things back and, and looking at it for what it is. But like I'm I'm looking at it in a haze and I'm trying to get curious, but I'm confused. What do you do then? Yeah, I mean, I. I think it would be actually pretty boring to just be in this like this uh, stable state of curiosity all the time. Um, I think it's actually those moments that actually bring the the most awareness because, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we're all human. We all have our triggers. We all have our judgments. We all have 
the challenges and the life situations that are like, what the fuck? Why is this happening? <laughs> uh, you know, like, uh, trust me, I have those moments for sure. Um, you know, but, but those are actually the moments that instead of, um, instead, instead of giving that thought all of the power and allowing that thought to take me where it wants to go to just take a step back and just be like, Hmm, without judging the situation, that's fascinating. What just came out of me? Look at all this fucking anger that just came out of me. Where is that coming from? What would I, what, what do I believe either consciously or unconsciously that this experience that I'm having is butting up against my belief that's causing me to be in a state of fear and fear is, you know, uh, at least what I'm learning about myself and what I've, what I've, you know, seen with, with others as well is that it oftentimes like fear is, um, fear is at the, the basis of like most of the negative emotions, but fear feels like a, like a powerless, like a, a weak emotion um, to, to, you know, our personality and the way that we look at the world, maybe the way that we were, you know, we were raised and the beliefs that we hold. And so a way, a, a, a subset of fear or an expression of fear is, uh, anger. And so anger, whenever I get angry, I, instead of saying like, well, what am I angry at? I just, I try to remember to go a level deeper and say, what am I afraid of? And that that if I bring curiosity to that, then I start to really become more knowing in myself. And what I find isn't always pretty, by the way. And that's according to my own judgment, you know, which if I start to, I mean, we can go really deep down a rabbit hole here. Um, and I'm, I'm like, literally why you're here. So go for it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We're, I guess we're here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And, and this is, this is something that I've really been practicing, especially over the last couple of months is, um, is, you know, I, if there's something that I'm fearful of and I recognize it, and then I have a judgment of myself for having that within me. Now there's another layer of like, okay, how, how do I now heal that judgment just so I can accept my expression or accept the lens that I, that I experience this through. And it's so crazy, man, because like when you start to start to really be introspective at that level and really start to like get more curious it, and it's hard to be curious about something and judge it at the same time. It's kind of, they're two different energies, you know, you're either this or that. And so when I'm, when I'm in that curiosity and I find something that, you know, that, that brings out judgment within me. It's, you know, taking a deep breath and just continuing to get curious and finding the perfection in that. One of the beliefs that I feel like have really supported me in, um, in my successes and also my failures is um, seeing the unfolding of everything that happens around me um, and everything that's happened in the past as perfect. Not saying that there's things that I didn't like. Not saying that there's, you know, that I'm totally happy with, you know, like I wouldn't change a thing. It, you know, it's, it's not that it's, it's about recognizing that, um, 
you know, God, the universe, the universe, you know, whatever higher power you want to call that, that universal mind, that infinite mind that, it, that kind of is the creator of all this, you know, is the engineer of, of, of everything that we experience and everything that's within us. Just recognizing that there's a definition of perfection that is beyond my own egoic definition of perfection. Because if we ask like, what is perfect, we're always going to, uh, you know, look at it through our own lens. Well, you know, that would be perfect for me and my, you know, my safety or my significance or my certainty or, you know, my, my, uh, you know, receiving love and connection. Um, but if we, if we adopt a different level of what perfection actually means and just simply state that perfection is everything that has been and everything that is unfolding, then it's kind of like, all right, well, you know, I'm not going to give it power over my emotions. Um, wish, you know, I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I wish that it wasn't so, or I wish things would have been different, or I regret, you know, this experience, or, you know, I regret that this happened, or I'm pissed off that this happened the way that it did. Um, that does, just doesn't serve us. You know, logically, if you think about it, we're just not in a state of creation when we're harboring those types of outlooks. So yeah, I've just, um, I've just really been, you know, practicing for a while that everything that happens, everything that has happened, happened exactly the way that it should have, and it couldn't have happened any other way because it didn't. And therefore it's perfect. So, um, so that's a, that's an outlook on life that is challenging to embody. Um, but it's, it's not about embodying it all the time. It's about remembering that in the moments, um, that, uh, you know, that are taking you away from, um, being in your power. Hmm. So where do we Take go from that. here? Yeah. <laughs> I, so you, you thinking about, you know, what you were talking about wanting to, you know, let's talk about mistakes for a second, things you might've done in the past. And then you learn from those and you can't let those, you can't harbor on those things. You got to keep moving forward. Right. And you, but a lot of people want to focus on trying to be perfect and you can't, of course. And if you harp on that, it's going to eat you up. Right. How do you, um, you know, you're saying you just said things that have already happened in the past, that's perfect the way they are. But then in the context, you still need to learn from your past and what you've done. Right. Because sometimes you did make the wrong decision, whether you meant to or not. And you want to learn and move past that. Mm -hmm. So you're not in a perfect state at that point. Right. You have to learn. OK, that wasn't the right move, but I'm in this position, I guess, now. So I learn from that mistake and I keep moving forward. How do you uh, what is that state of mindset then if you're not being, if you're not looking at it as everything was perfect before, but I made mistakes, what is that mindset to you? I'm curious. Yeah, I think it's, it's, um, just the difference between judgment and curiosity. Are you looking at the past from a place of judgment? Um, mm -hmm. judgment oftentimes is rooted in fear. Um, curiosity though is more, you know, like I, I look at judgment and curiosity as like fear and love um, and fear is destructive 
Love is constructive. Love is the energy of creation. Um, so, you know, if we want to create things in our life, we want to create experiences, we want to create possibilities. Um, the practice is like, how can I be in love or how can I be in that curiosity more often? So I think it's, um, I think, you know, we, we, we can learn in every moment, not just the challenges, but we can learn from, you know, we can learn from human beings. We can learn from, um, you know, just relating to, uh, the same experience differently. Um, we can learn a lot even by being curious about things that we either take for granted or complacent around or, you know, or just kind of like normal um, to really like uh, have the level of awareness of like, why do I do this every day? You know, like I, I, this is just who I am and, or this is just who I've been and what I've, what I've done. And I have convinced myself that it's good for me. And, you know, this is a positive thing, but why do I, why do I think that way? You know, what's like, what, what's the, the, the deeper need that I'm getting met here by doing this thing. And when we start to, when we start to just ask the question, why, um, and just keep digging in, there's so many layers of our consciousness and so many layers of our personality. Um, and that's why I like, you know, I, I love being, um, I love being a human and I love being around humans because it, there's there's so much nuance and there's so much complexity to it that, um, you know, again, I'm still learning every single day and there's so much more to learn. Um, so there's a lot to be curious of. And it, even just that belief of like, I, you know, if, if we live life and see life as like this thing that's just completely enchanting because there's so much to be curious of, it changes the quality of the experience versus like going throughout life being judgment. Oh, that sucks. Or, oh, I shouldn't do that. Or they shouldn't do this. Or that shouldn't have happened. Or this should happen this way. So those are all like forms of judgment. And oftentimes, um, you know, that's not the energy of creation. And so we're not creating possibilities either as, you know, individual humans or as a species that's occupying this planet if we're just constantly in the energy of judgment. So I think, you know, the, the curiosity, um, I believe that that's something, you know, because it's so rooted in love um, and, you know, we've all heard it like, you know, if, if there could be more love on the planet, it would make the world a better place. Like, I think most people would agree with that. And, um, but sometimes it's hard to like figure to, to actually like put your finger on like, all right, well, what does it actually look like to live with more love or to have more love? And so I like the specificity of curiosity because we all know what it feels like to be curious. And it's a very distinct way of using our mind. And, um, you know, if, if, if the standard of being a human on this planet at some point in the future could be, yeah, you know, being a human is all about just being curious all the time. Uh, that would open, open this, this realm up to a lot of possibilities. And in, in my opinion, there's a lot that I don't know, but, um, it, that just feels like truth to me. So, um, did I answer your question? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got a I got a follow up question on that. And, and uh, do you think 
I like the, your perspective on this. It's kind of how I've been doing. You've 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 gone a lot deeper on it. Do you think religion is the easy way out of getting out of curiosity for a lot of people? Because I feel like to be in that realm of curiosity means you can't have an answer to all of your decisions, and a lot of people use that as a crutch. And they use that as like, oh, this is what it is. Oh, this is what's causing it. Da, da, da. Instead of being like, no, let me figure out what is causing that. Like you're saying, curiosity, instead of pushing that off to something, a higher power elsewhere. Yeah, that's a really good question, man. Um, and a couple of things come up for me when I think about like how how I've related to religion and how... I've seen other people relate to religion and it is like, it is one of those things that gives us certainty, you know, like if I just know that everything in this book is the truth, then I don't have to, you know, I, I don't have to live in the uncertainty, but I think that's, you know, I think uncertainty, I always go back to like Tony Robbins, uh, And I know he wasn't like the originator of this, but the six human needs where we need certainty, but we also need variety or or uncertainty. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, if if we want to live a life of possibility, possibility and uncertainty are the same fucking thing, at least from my vantage point. You know, like if if I knew that my future was going to look a certain way, there's no room there for possibility because it's just all there is is certainty. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, I'm, I'm not like, you know, super religious um, necessarily, but like, I do know that uh, <laughs> I remember having a, uh, one of the reasons why I'm not religious, I'll just tell you a story. Uh, one of the reasons why I'm not religious is because I had an experience um, when I was a young man and I was dating a girl that was like obsessed with religion. And she was religious, super religious, <laughs> yeah. very religious. And, um, and it, it just like, I I felt my, uh, yeah, I just, I felt my spirit almost get like, like, um, yeah, just like turn down the volume on it, you know, just like trying to adopt. And, and I was also like, I was in love with this girl. I was like, I'll do anything for you. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll get into the religion thing. <laughs> and, you know, I was trying it on all different ways and it just, you know, there's, there's something about it and not, not necessarily saying that it was the religion's fault. It was, you know, my, my experience at the time, her, the way she interfaced with me and, you know, the, the level of influence she had on me, um, just wasn't fitting. And, um, and so, uh, I'm so glad I had that experience because it, um, it, gave me an opportunity to choose to trust myself. Like, man, I thought I really liked this girl, but like, I just don't think I could do this for an extended amount of time. Um, so yeah, that's for, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, had a similar experience. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Actually. It's amazing. <laughs> Women lead to Jesus. I'll tell you that. 
Totally, man. Well, yeah. Uh, what's what's y'all's experience of that? Very, very something similar. Just very religious. Very like I'll do what it was. It was not you know it was going from Baptist to to Catholic. I grew up. Super, I went to a super private Christian school from K four all the way through senior year. You know, I already knew religion. I was going to church. I was pretty sucked into it, and then had that experience. And then, but I, what happened was was learning a whole nother religion. And then I was like, wait a minute, like some, like they're saying something similar to what we're saying, but they're saying it a little differently. And I'm getting sucked into this one because of her. And then realizing like, wait a minute, I started breaking down the religion of both sides in my mind. And then kind of had the same experience of like, I can't do this forever like that. And it it broke Mm -hmm. down and then went off to college. And once I went off to college and broke out of that bubble, I just realized like, oh, this way more than what I've been taught, but, um, it definitely started there for sure. Wow. Yeah. The cool thing about though, like I can only speak to Christianity is because when I got into the church, the good it did for me was, you know, definitely outweighed any sort of negative connotation, right? Like I was 11, 12, had a crush, something like that. And the girl was like, you should come to like a lock-in or something they were doing at the church, you know, the youth church group. lock in Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I was just I so infatuated. That. I remember with, those. Right. Yeah. I was like, whatever. Okay, cool. And so I assimilated, okay, the more I'm into church and Jesus, the more she might like me. And that was the launching point. And then at a certain point I was just like, no, I'm just really into church. The certainty provided. And I still remember to this day, the first is the Baptist church. Um, so, you know, we eat good when we go Baptist, you know, that's how we do it. Good food. Right. <laughs> I remember the first Sunday, I guess it's after morning church before evening church. And they do like kind of a brunch situation, sitting down with this family and not seeing like dinner plates thrown, not hearing like a, a married couple scream at a level like nine or 10 at each other and like trying to great. That was what hooked me was this Mm -hmm. feeling of love where I was like, I'd never felt that in a family environment my whole life. And so from there, um, the thing you mentioned, Dylan, that kind of like circle back to the curiosity, like theology was what really hooked me into religion, being curious inside the context of religion. But once you get outside of the bounds of theology, where it's like faith is kind of the mortar for the bricks, right? Like everything's certain in fixed positions. So like faith is what's kind of carrying you through that ebb and flow of your curiosity. Once you're outside the bounds of what can logistically or logically be answered, then you're in no man's land, right? So that's when I started going to other churches. Like I went to a kingdom hall. I went to, you know, uh, non-denominational Pentecostal Catholic, like trying to find, I was like, all of you guys are saying different answers. Right. And so it wasn't until probably 10 years after that or so, where I like all kind of came full circle for me, where it's like, oh, we're all talking about the same thing. Just certain people and constructs maybe were set up to take advantage of that certainty in a way. It's, it's one of the ways that, I mean, it's kind of the main way I see organized religion playing a, a role at scale is like, People need leaders. Leaders like power, and power has an effect in society. 
you know so curiosity inside religion it's kind of a a quirk in itself isn't it yeah yeah that's a really good point man yeah i mean the the a couple of things that you brought up are like you know the role that religion plays in our world um to instill core values um i think that's a really positive thing i think like you know most religions is you know i'm familiar with christianity mostly um but like the christian values are rock solid like you live your yeah. life in that way yeah you're you're going to have you know a pretty damn good experience <laughs> mm -hmm. so you know there's there's that piece but i really like what you said about faith cuz faith is um the way i relate to faith is like the the muscle of trust you know it's like how we exercise the the trusting in the uncertainty trusting in the possibility trusting in you know the the unknown plan that we're not privy to but we just have to have faith in it we just have to trust in it because it's going to be exactly what it's supposed to be the perfection in the holocaust yeah i mean you know <laughs> that's <laughs> we went there you know and, and and actually yeah i mean let's let's dig into that obviously there's shit like that that's just horrifying you know, yeah. that's just like, what the fuck? That's, you <laughs> yeah. know, you know, and there's, there's things that are happening right now with, you know, wars and just like, you know, the way that it's, there's, there's different perspectives and that it's just, it's wild to see things like that bubble up and unfold in this reality. But if you could take a, a step back, not saying that it's like, you know, uh, not saying that the stance is like, Hey, yeah, that should happen. Like, of course, there's a there's a part of all of us that's just like, fuck that, that that really sucks. But that that's also like where we can get curious. Is like, okay, how what's what's that part of me that I can become aware of? Like, what is that actually triggering within me? Understanding that this whole this whole reality is a, an unfolding of perfection that's outside of my control. Like there's nothing I can do to change that or to control it. But what can I observe within myself and make a conscious choice of like, is that a belief that is in resonance with the way that I want to live life, the way that I want to experience life? Um, and if, you know, like when I think about uh, like what's happening now in the world, like it makes me um, sick to think about children that are losing their life um, like, you know, especially being a father, like hope that, that, that hits really deep. And the way I relate to that is not from a place of like, I'm going to let this ruin my day. Cause this is all I can see. And this is all I can obsess over. But instead I, I can just say like, wow, this, this is not how I want to live my life. This is not how, you know, like this is furthering, a you know, even more love for my children and like, you know, thinking about their safety and cherishing each moment, understanding that, you know, all we have is the present moment. Like those are the gifts that I, I, I think we can get from those situations that unfold. And, uh, and I think if every single one of us, you know, as humans, we tune into that and stand for what we believe in, stand for those values of like, I, you know, I'm going to love my 
children. I'm going to love my neighbors. I'm going to love my friends and family uh, as much as I possibly can because all I have is this moment. Like if everybody just took that responsibility seriously and that was just the standard, we wouldn't have, you know, <laughs> like our world would transform. And so, you know, it kind of goes back to the whole idea of like, you know, we might not be able to single handedly change the world, but if we, you know, if we change our, our, our outlook, if we change our, the world within us, it, it's a, it's a natural, like then our, then our families will change, then our communities will change, then our cities and states will change, then our country will change, and then the world will change. And so it, it all happens from the inside out. And we've, you know, we've heard so many like gurus and self-help, uh, you know, people that are in the self-help space, um, talk about this a lot where it's like, if you want to change your outer world, you got to change your inner world first. And the inner world is always, a you know, is always going to be projected in the outer world. So all the shit that's, you know, that's, that's hard to see in the world, um, and shit that we don't want to have an experience that's you know, that, that, that has that in it. It's because there's, there's some inner work as a society that, you know, that we need to do and we need to align more with love. So, yeah. Uh, was that, that's it. Feel, yeah. feel complete there. Okay. Yeah. Feel complete. <laughs> okay. I want to interject. I was hoping you were going to say it, but one of, one of the deanisms that I, uh, received from you that I've yes. personally used to close probably a couple million dollars worth of deals is, uh, you know, the, the things we see won't change until we change the way we see things. Mm. Hearing that from you, like personally shifted like my paradigm. Yeah. And it, you know, it's just another version of saying like, Hey, you had to change your outside world. You need to change your inside world. And even going all the way back to that kind of, uh, you know, illuminating grotesque example, something as gnarly as the Holocaust, like, um, Alan Watts was actually the one that changed that for me because, um, he, he was kind of referencing like order and chaos, order and chaos. And so he said, if something seems hectic, zoom in or zoom out. And so if we zoomed in like all the way to say like our blood, right? Like our immune system is there's a war going on. There's a Holocaust that exists within all of us of one species attempting to dominate another and so you can zoom all the way into that or you could continue to zoom out and see kind of on a global level what's competing um but again yeah i guess it just kind of comes back to that that frame of curiosity and like when i was backpacking seeing other cultures and the way people handle the exact same problems we deal with every day as an american culture completely different you know a different language a different way of solving math like just completely different ways of approaching the exact same thing. One of the things when you were expressing that came up for me is like, if more folks were willing to be educated, not in just a traditional sense of reading books, right. But kind of a, the state of mind of being open to receiving information, then I, I think that, I think that would eliminate a lot of problems in the world. But you have some people that are pigeonholed, like, Maybe it was a conversation that uh, we had or had with another mentor and they brought in heroin to the conversation. And I was like, okay, where are we going with this one? And, um, you know, I had a lot of judgment around that thinking like, 
only like heroin would only do bad. Like even if you take a pharmaceutical version of it, right. For pain, like I get pain met, uh, mediation, but inherently like most people would look at something like meth or heroin and someone using that in a street sense is just only bad. Like there's no good that can come of it, but their motivation, when you look at from their perspective, their motivation is because that, that may be the only way they feel love. And so they're Mm -hmm. willing to do anything they can to feel love. And if that means taking from you, they're really acting in the interest of trying to feel love. And so that just kind of switched it around for me. I mean, I'm just kind of backing up, going back through what you said like that, that for me was a big perspective shift of like, oh, they're not like I was judging it. And then once I understood the motivation for it, I'm still like, hey, yeah, you probably shouldn't, you know, steal my bike to buy heroin. But I understand now why the bike was stolen and I can understand why you're in pursuit of that. And if there's a different way that maybe we can collaborate to like a lemonade stand for heroin instead of stealing my bike, you know, we can kind of come together on that one, you know? Yeah, that's super interesting. Um, Yeah, I mean, what if, what if this human experience was um was just like you know the creator you know god that that infinite intelligence that's just like embodying through a lens um actually let me let me share this really quick before i go into that um what have you guys ever read the law of one or have ever heard of the law of one Mm -mm. so this is um it's it's a uh a text from the 1980s and it was um, channeled uh, through, I forget who the channeler's name is, but the, the entity was uh, Ra, uh, which was a, um, a consciousness from another planet. Won't get too far into that, but um, I probably just like blew the credibility out the window. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You're only, you're only building credibility from here, buddy. <laughs> okay. Um, but it's also one of those, one of those books that like when you read it, it's like, it's like, I've never heard this before, at least that I can, that I can consciously remember from my catalog of experiences I've had by being Dean DeVries. Um, but I feel like I already know this, you know, I feel like this is truth. Have you guys ever had that, that type of experience? Like when you read something, it's like, you know, that it's like new material, but there's something within you that's just like, yeah, I, I feel like I already know that. Um, like you're learning it, but it's also, it's more of like a, it's, it's a felt sense of remembering something that you forgot. Have you ever had that with with sales? I had that a lot just from like, not more of, uh, and I'm just using this as an example. Usually if I start falling behind in my sales habits, I have a book called the power of habit I'll go to and I'll read it and I've learned it. I've read it, but I'll go back and be like, it's like a reminder. Like I know this, but I need to, to do it. And you know, the, the feeling that you're describing is that's, that's what that reminds me of. Mm -hmm. Or like, uh, like, like a channel is like Abraham Hicks is probably a a pretty famous example of a, a channel or conversations with God. That book for me, was that where I'm reading, you know, like the, I loved the introduction was like, Hey, suspend your belief systems here. If it, you get a couple chapters in, this isn't resonating. Don't worry, put it down. No feelings hurt. But as I was reading that, I was like, this, 
feels familiar in a new way. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was one, it, it was actually like a kind of a mystical experience that, you know, that I had with, with the, the law of one, but um, yeah, what's fascinating about the, the law of one is the um, uh, raw talks about how um, our bodies are like the instrument of consciousness, right? Like con- consciousness can't be like, seen on an x-ray or an MRI, like there's no place in the body where I could say, oh, the consciousness is there. Some would argue that that's where the brain is, but there's also consciousness in our gut, in our blood cells, like every, there's, there's things that are happening without our, you know, like without us consciously saying like, Hey, I'm going to do this thing. Um, so it's almost like our body has kind of a consciousness of its own. Um, but it is part of our consciousness. So it's like, it talks a lot about how consciousness is, is kind of like expressed through, you know, the three dimensional body. And we all come from one source, right? Like our consciousness where we're, it's almost like it didn't describe it this way, but the way that I received it was like, imagine that we were just like, we had this Bluetooth connection to like this, um, to the, to the one infinite mind of God. And we were just sending signals back and forth. Um, but what we were doing is we were experiencing our creation. You know, if we, if we take our own personalities and our own egos out of it and just say like, okay, if, if that's true, then I am a, an expression of God. I'm maybe, you know, God, God's fingernail, you know, on the pinky and then Dylan, maybe you're on the ring finger and then Colton, you're of course the middle finger. Uh, <laughs> but like, Obviously. you know, imagine that we're just like these, <laughs> these um, different parts of God that we're experiencing, experiencing itself as, um, you know, as, as the creator, but also as separate, which is part of the kind of the, um, they call it third density, you know, or the third dimension, you know, the third density, uh, rules are that you have to forget that you're God. You have to, you know, forget that you're a spirit that's having a human experience and you have to be, you have to kind of almost be tricked into thinking that you're separate. You know, that that's the whole idea of being a human. And when you're tricked into being separate, then you start to see things just from one perspective and it creates a really interesting experience called life on earth. Um, and that's God's way of experiencing itself because the whole, um, the whole, and I think like most people would, uh, would have a similar experience of like, when you ask the question to yourself, who am I? It's a fucking deep question. (laughs) Who am I? Like beyond you know, what my name is or what my job is or where I live or how many kids I have and, you know, who I'm married to, like, who am I is one of like, it's, it's probably the most powerful question that can exist for us humans. And so if we're made in the image of our creator, maybe that's the question that informs possibility throughout, you know, throughout everything that we're experiencing. And we're just experiencing it as the fingernail. 
but we forgot that we're actually the fingernail of the thing. And this, this, like, I love believing that. And who knows if that's true or not, but it just feels good to believe it. Um, but what I love about believing that is that I can see, you know, you, Dylan, and you, Colton, across, across from me, and I can see you as God, and I can see you as, like, we're the same. And then it, it starts to, like, it, it starts to bring a whole new meaning <laughs> to, like, doing the work on ourselves. And this, is the, this will tie back to kind of what we were talking about earlier about, like, why I'm you know, just really curious about my own self-discovery and what's within me is because if I can stop resisting parts of me that I've, that I'm either unconscious to, or that I have judgments around, then I'll stop judging you for that, or I'll, I'll have more compassion for you. And so if I can do it within myself and I can love myself fully, if I can trust myself fully, if I can, you know, cherish the moments with myself fully, then I can cherish the moments with anything else because it's all a reflection. It's all a projection of the same thing. We just are, you know, kind of, uh, we're, we're in this illusion that we are separate, but we're actually not. Um, and again, you know, I think that's like, that, that is what I believe Jesus was trying to teach us and it doesn't, it's not explained through that, uh, through like in the Bible that way, just, you know, maybe because it got lost in translation from, you know, a very primitive language that it was spoken in. And it was just kind of a game of telephone. And it's hard to kind of like encapsulate that, um, with language, but like, what if that's what everybody was trying all of the, the ancient wisdoms were trying to teach us. Is like, hey, yeah, you, you, you forgot, and we're going to try to help you remember, but we can't just like make this easy for you. So we're just going to mm -hmm. give you some breadcrumbs along the way, and hopefully you're curious enough to find those breadcrumbs and start piecing it together so that you may be able to remember a small slither of that, which will then just get you to the next, whatever the next thing is after your life is done here. Um, that that yeah, ancient ancient civilization was like we don't have the answers but these little tiny things do yeah do when he said that like who am i i like literally pictured there was one experience that uh dylan had with you at a music festival but it, it's a kind of a common <laughs> theme when i've had psychedelic experiences where i come back and i have to remember what i look like like after, like way after I'm like reintegrated and I see a mirror for the first time, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. That is, that is what I look like. But the feeling I had before was this entity that was not bound by flesh. Yeah. Right. Like I was seeing perspectives and frames and interacting with reality in a, in a totally different way. And then I come back and kind of like remember this training of, who I am as a person, my experiences, what I like, what I don't like, you know? Um, yeah. So that, that was kind of like one of those things that came up for me. <laughs> when, uh, when you asked that, who am I, I, the first thing that came to mind is, is that your consciousness or is that your brain? Which one's asking that? That yeah. makes me wonder. 
That's that's a good you question. Know, in, those, in those moments, right? Like, is that your conscious and your soul going, who am I? Or is that the brain and engine making yeah. that thought happen, going, who, who am I? Like the projector I, turning I, back on. Yeah. Like the movie real projector being like, right. oh, 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 that's right. It, the movie's on right now. We need to feed it Do film. It's got to speak English. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's like, tr- it's, it's trying to like, you know, get all of this data. And it's like, wait a second, we got to filter it through this, this yeah. other thing before to make sense of all this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, that, and that, that's, that's what's fucking crazy about being a human is that we have access to these types of experiences where we get deep into that thought, you know, and get into an altered state and really start, you know, like things start to disappear Things start to, you know, appear, um, and uh, yeah, I, it it might be a little bit of both. The way that I think about it, and the way that I experience it within myself, is like sometimes the um, like sometimes there's thoughts that come to me versus like me manufacturing them. I think we all have those types of experiences. You know, it's like you know, our best ideas are not the ideas that we work hard to manufacture. It's the ideas that when we're in a certain state, they they almost like they're, they're like gifts, you know, it's like, Oh, Mm -hmm. thank you. You know, it's like airdrop from the universe airdrop. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's that Bluetooth connection, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, it, (laughs) it could be like, you know, that sometimes in, in certain moments, um, where it's like, who am I? Um, that's like, enough of a breadcrumb to then engage the mind and the curiosity. And it's like, let's use the faculties that we've been given to engage in the inquiry of who am I? And so it could be a little bit of both, but then there's also like, you know, who am I beyond my personality? Who am I beyond my body? Like if my body didn't exist, if my experiences, if my, you know, everything that I thought I was or every, every um, aspect of who I thought I was, if all of that disappeared, who am I? And then it's, you start to go into a really interesting like space of like, I'm kind of everything, you know, I'm kind of whoever I want to be. I'm, I can be, you know, anything's possible. And so then it's it just kind of like, for me at least, it just reaffirms the idea that if we are made in the image of our creator and all of creation, like we inherently are creators as well. And the whole idea of like living a life possibility is, is about, you know, how can I, um, yeah. How can I just see myself as somebody that can create and can trust in the creation that would feel good to me and can trust in, in my own desires of what I want to create. And that's especially right now, cause I'm going through a career shift and, um, you know, I was, uh, working with my, my best friend of 16 years. Uh, you know, we built a, an amazing business together. Um, and then it, it, it was feeling right for a long time and then it just didn't. You know, and then it's just like, there's something else that I'm being called to. And, um, yeah, it's, it's also like, those are moments where it's like, all right, am I going to trust myself or am I just going to stay in my comfort zone? Am I going to stay in the, the certainty? And so, yeah, I, I, I think like 
I don't know. There's, there's, there's just a really strong force within me that I, I, I I'm just, I, I just, uh, I, I really value being in integrity with myself, you know, and I've, you know, as I experience more and more things, I'm realizing ways I'm not in integrity. And so like, there's been like cleanup that I've had to do, but especially like, you know, the decisions that are really hard that are like, oh, man, I'm going to, I'm going to give this up, but like, are you going to trust it or are you not? And living a, a life possibility is, is uncertain. And, um, and there is that, that role of faith, um, because if you don't have faith, then all we're going to do is just gravitate towards certainty. So, um, yeah, man, I love this, this conversation and there's, uh, there's also like so much to be curious about and <laughs> all this. It's, so. It was funny. You're, you're talking about curious and the, the story that pops into mind was, uh, many years ago when I was in sales doing outside sales. So I would set a lot of meetings in downtown Tampa and, uh, under an overpass, <clears throat> there was a parking garage and then an overpass, uh, and under the overpass, they were doing a large mural on the wall under the underpass. I mean, it was, it's one of the bigger ones in Tampa. And I kept setting meetings downtown just because I could watch it grow. And then you're like, oh, this is cool. And I'm just like watching I'm like, oh, what is it going to be? And like, I was just setting meetings and you just watch it grow and grow and grow. And it, it was cool. And in the end, it was, it just said, stay curious. That's wow. literally what it said. At the end of it, it that's was just fucking like, epic. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that was like perfectly crafted for you. Perfect. <laughs> just watching it grow, setting these meetings downtown. <laughs> it was just like they made that for me. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they kept yeah, looking right back. They're like, "Is he? Is he back? Is okay. he watching? All right, let's. There right, go. Raise go ahead, the crane. Guys. Raise the crane. He's here. He's here. Let's He's here. <laughs> <laughs> what a fun like." Sometimes I get uh, a little bit, <laughs> maybe a little bit more than a little bit jealous of um, what what's my favorite one, like Down syndrome, because my niece has mm -hmm. autism and I feel like she feels a little bit more constricted and trapped. But every time I've met someone with Down syndrome, their like eternal optimism for life is like remarkable. I mean, it's like they only see the good that is happening. And so, you know, it's like, what a fresh and like fun perspective. Like, Dylan, can you imagine if like, if like, that's the way we saw life happening for us is like, oh, they're making that for me. You know, <laughs> like imagine going up to the workers and being like, you guys shouldn't have, you know, they're like, yeah. <laughs> it's like what? that's so kind of you. <laughs> they, they pull the cigarette out of their mouth. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do you approve? Yeah. Right. Oh, do you approve? Oh. Yeah, cool. Glad you... Are you paying me? No? Okay. That's what I thought. <laughs> oh, man. That's so yeah. great. That was just funny. That is the whole conversation you talked about, and I was like, there it was. That's right. You yeah. just brought something, brought something up in my mind, uh, Colton. The, um, what if, like, you know how dogs are just, like, so loving? Like, all they know is love. Uh, hmm. Like, man, they are, like, evolved beings. and Especially yours. I mean, he, chihuahuas. they don't, you know, he, he has yeah. so much, he has like an uncontrolled <laughs> love, you know, where I, he just doesn't know how to read the room, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> that's like more Nigel's thing, you know, he's just like, he's, he's like, 
un, uh, unconsciously loving all the time, you know, which I guess is part of the unconditional part. You know, it's like, hey, yeah. there's no, no conditions where you can't receive my love because I'm going to box give me it. in, bro. <laughs> yeah. Don't box. <laughs> but dude, what if, uh, what if like, you know, what if the contract that we had to like, you know, spiritually sign before coming here to this planet was like, hey, do you want to like, do you want to be a human that needs to learn love or do you want like the batteries included where you just have like, you know, where you're just unconditionally loving and you've already learned the lesson. And if, and if, if, if we say like, you know, I want the unconditional love, like, okay, well the caveat is that, you know, we'll give you the, the gift of unconditional love. However, you won't be able to express yourself. Like, what if mm. it was, what if that was a situation? Cause you know, Jen has, um, you know, my wife, Jen, she's, she's worked with lots of special needs kids with autism and down syndrome. She she's, and she's developed some incredible, um, relationships with these kids and it's a different type of relationship as you would imagine. But like, the way she talks about these kids and sees the genius in them and sees the, the, the pureness in them. She's like, they are evolved in some ways, but they, you know, have, um, a blockage when it comes to their expression. But like on the ins, if, if they could express, they would rule the world. And so Mm -hmm. that's, that's a really fascinating thing. And I think about dogs the same, the same way. You know, it's like, hey, if you want to, if you want to go to Earth and already have the lesson of unconditional love, cool. We just, we can't let you, you know, uh, we can't let you rule the world just yet because right. the world's not there. So we're gonna yeah. have to put a little, you know, we're gonna turn down the volume on on the old expression. And um, yeah, what if that was reality? That would be a bunch of Elon Musk running around. <laughs> At that point, <laughs> yeah, the world's like the, whoever the high bar is like. We can only have one yeah. going around right now. One at a time, guys. <laughs> you know, you got to get. Shane mine. Gillis has a great bit on that too. By the way, if anyone ever wants to know, Who? <laughs> Shane Gillis, a comedian, oh. his brother is uh, has Down syndrome, and he talks about that. He's like best guy in the world that I know. He goes, he yeah. never has any problems. He loves John Cena and titties. That's what he likes. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, he never sat at any moment. He goes, you do like this, you pro- you'll you get it back. Don't worry about it. <laughs> He's got that a great, is kind yeah. of funny to think about great if we were in like, a, like a, a dealership room for humans as a soul. And mm. they were like, you know, like different attributes and qualities. The only part where I get thrown for a loop on that one, because I have attempted to polish a very similar thought before, especially in altered states of consciousness is back to kind of like the population lottery. Like it's easy, I think for three white men in America to have this conversation of privilege where I get thrown for a loop and, and quite frankly, like a frame of reference and a perspective that I can't hold because I don't live that experience is wondering for some of these souls, for a lot of these soul contracts, what in the dealership, they're like, you want to, you, hey, you had a great go the last time as Mother Mary. Um, you want to be a slave? You want a generational oppression? Like that, 
and it's like did, does the soul go like yeah you know because I'm, I'm inclined to kind of believe like from that conversations with god book like that was one of the things similar to what you're saying like god's fingernail like the different slices all kind of pointing back to the source right mm -hmm. wanting to experience these totally wicked and wild different frames of experience that it would just be weird to be in like the tesla dealership of consciousness and just kind of swiping through models and being like yeah i like him uh bigger nose thank you yep that one i want to take that one <laughs> and yeah. just like playing out like is it predetermined before we get here or do you get do you get the model and and you don't know the journey is the, is the is the free will conversation injected in this do you see before you even sign the contract do you see the whole experience played out you yeah. know there's a lot of different kind of that reminds me of clancy from uh midnight gospel like yeah. he always got like a image of yeah. like this is what it is. He's like this. Is, he gets a little info, and then he's like, "All right, I'll go there." And then he gets yeah. there, and it's a completely different thing <laughs> than what he thought it was. That's what a great example like? of that. Yeah. Uh, Have you so, seen Midnight Gospel? Yeah, no, I don't think so. What? Is it a movie? No, it's. Uh, do you know who Duncan Trussell is? No. The comedian. Okay. All right. So, don't worry about that then. Go, just turn it. on Midnight Gospel on uh, on Netflix. What he does is he takes uh, people, he, he takes his podcast interviews, and then they turn it into an animation. Oh, and so wow. It's, it's uh, one of the the creators of one of the shows on uh, Cartoon Network. What was the show of it? Adventure Time? Adventure Time. Yeah. One of the creators of Adventure Time helps him make the animation. Then they add some more context into it. But like, It's an easy blanketed for you. We know. You'll love it. Turn one of on. the great ones. I'll give you a no. good one. You'll love it just to get you hooked on it. Is there's an uh, episode where he interviews a guy that went to prison and he learned magic while in prison and turned it into profession while in prison and then came out of prison and he's one of like the top magi magicians in the world and uses that as a context to like look at how to look at life. Like of being a magician and pulling things out of air or whatever. And the whole episode huh. is him running a ship about that's ran by cats, you know, in the episode. So like what they're talking about has nothing to do with what's happening in the animation whatsoever. No, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. You could probably watch most of the episodes with the kids too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could, nice. it's a great, all the kids would understand it. All right. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, all right. So let, let's bring it in to D Dylan. Are we ready for, for our billboard? Does this feel like yeah, a good I spot? So. Yeah, I think this is a good spot. Sweet. So Dean, we have one question we always like to present our guests with. And um, so uh, here it is. It, what is one thing that you wish more people would ask you? Or what's mm. one question you wish more people asked you? You know, one topic, like what's one thing? Yeah. You wish more people asked you. Hmm. Damn. That's a good question. Uh, Well, you know, the way I'm relating to that question is, um, you know, everything that anybody's ever asked me was perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think like, uh, yeah, the way I'm, I'm receiving the question is like, what's, um, what's the, the curiosity, uh, that I, you know, that, that would feel good kind of quenching that, that curiosity. Um, 
I mean, I, I think a lot of the stuff that we were just talking about of, of like, um, just like a uh, question, uh, question about like, what is the purpose of being a human on this planet? And I'm still in the inquiry of that too, you know? So it's not that I know the answer, but I really enjoy being in that inquiry with other people um, and discussing what, you know, what the purpose of all this might be. And, you know, I think for the first time, Dylan, that we don't actually need to ask that question back to the guest because I think this whole conversation has been a fairly adequate <laughs> exploration that. of that question. I, so, I could probably sum it up. I agree. Uh, oh yeah. Give it, if you gotta, yeah, go for it. Yeah. The, the belief that, um, that feels good to me, um, about the purpose of, um, being a human on this planet and having a life is, um, is simply to have an experience and, you know, and utilizing the tools that we have of an imagination, a way of interfacing with, um, with this reality to create possibilities. And what I love about that belief, by the way, and that, that, that intention is like, yeah, what if, what if all we were here to do is just to have an experience? It kind of brings, it opens it up to have like a little bit more fun and not stress out over things that, you know, when we're on our last day here on this planet and we're looking back on those things that we were stressed out about, we'd be like, whoa, what was I stressing about? Um, you know, like it's easy for us to get caught up in those moments, but if we could just remember like, oh, I'm just here to have an experience and this is just part of my experience and, and I get to choose like, how do I want to respond and how do I want to influence and how do I want to be in this situation to have the type of experience that, um, that ultimately I want to have. So well, that's what comes up. Said. Yeah. I'll uh, double click that. I'll take the easy route out and say, yeah, I agree. That, that feels good. <laughs> Just double click on it. <laughs> yeah. I'll double click. I'll underline no, it. Sean, you're gonna give highlight it and bold that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what comes up for you guys? I am curious. What, what comes up for you guys in that question? Dylan, you got one locked and loaded on what, what's the meaning and purpose of being here? What's the meaning and purpose of being here? I think the meaning and purpose of being here is trying to answer that question every day. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. If, we're, if we fi figured it out, then what's the point of being here? But if you're yeah. always trying to figure it out, that's what keeps you driving every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that, man. That's an easy and, way out, but yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm taking a similar easy route out by borrowing one from uh, the, the Landmark Forum. And this is a spoiler if anyone's never been. Um, but it Save was... Save me $3,000, please. No, it's still worth it. At least $2,000. <laughs> um, one, one of the things I got from them that I adopted, um, and shout out to Hal Elrod. He gave me a lot of permission around stealing someone else's meanings, purposes, and adopting them as your own and kind of repurposing them. But um, life's meaningless. Day, so. Yeah, right. So, I mean, I'm the fingernail or the middle finger, or, you know, maybe a flaccid something. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that I, I struggled with the meaning of life for a long time and I accepted that life is meaningless. And that gave me a lot of comfort that I can choose the meaning to give it.
Mm. And so that meaning can shift and change and be different colors, shapes and whatever. And I, I think uh, that gave me a lot of power in my life that nothing has any meaning except for the meaning I choose to ascribe to it. Mm. Like Fuck that. Yeah, man. That's, yeah. that's some creation vibes right there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking of creation, hey, if you liked our creation, subscribe so we can show up on your algorithm more in a selfish way that will help us monetize this. And hopefully this is what we can do uh, as a full-time living. So send it to someone that you feel like might be inspired by some of the wise words from Dean. Um, check us out on Instagram, TikTok. And uh, hey, next week we have another really, really awesome guest, uh, the owner and founder of Tricycle Day, the fastest, if not the largest psychedelic newsletter in existence so tune in next week if that sounds like something you might be into if not cool well we won't talk smack about your mother see you guys next week love you <laughs> see you guys